Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And if you're a grandparent, you know there's no greater joy than sharing a lively, information-packed adventure book with your grandchildren. So today's going to be a special treat. Our guest, Lee Lewis, is a children's writer and a poet who's been playing pirates since she could walk. Her real-life adventures on the high seas had led her to live in many spots around the world, including Turkey, Greece, England, and Russia, as well as cities all over the United States. But Lee has now navigated her way back to her hometown, Columbus, Ohio, where she spends her time dreaming up stories for kids of all ages. I love that part. And in fact, Lee is joining us today to share all about her latest book, and it's one you are going to want to make sure to share with your grandchildren. It's published by National Geographic, and it's called Pirate Queens, Dauntless Women Who Dared to Rule the High Seas. Boy, Lee, I love the title, I love the concept, and I can't wait to hear more. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is definitely my pleasure. And first, a little bit about me. I have to start off with myself, of course. (laughs) Anyway, I did live through the women's movement of the 70s, and I do consider myself somewhat of a feminist, but I never ever thought about female pirates. So this story is so intriguing and exciting. Let's begin by your own interest in pirates, if you were playing pirates as a kid, and how you came up with the concept for writing the book. Sure. Um, you know, I think like so many kids, I just loved the idea of pirates. I was just fascinated by them. And so, you know, my brother and sister and I spent many summer days walking the plank off of the, the diving board, the <laughs> swimming pool and screaming pirate demands, commands at each other. And, um, and so, you know, pirates were all just always kind of held an interest for me as I do things that it does, they do for so many other kids. And um, when I, you know, a few years ago, I happened to read uh, an article on a website called Women You Should Know, and it was featuring a Chinese pirate named Ching Shi, who happened to be the most successful pirate who ever lived. And she controlled 18,000 ships and 80,000 oh people. So just to put that in perspective, Blackbeard, uh, who I, I think most would say is the best-known pirate, at least to American kids, uh, he controlled um, – 400 people, so 80,000 versus 400. So the scale here is really just remarkable. And, and so, you know, over the next couple of months, I, I, um, I just kept thinking about that and thinking about that. And, and then one day I was at the pool with my kids, and they were doing the game that I always played with my brother and sister and walking the plank. And when they got off that, the, the, got out of the swimming pool, I, I asked them what pirates they were aware of, and they listed a handful of them. And, of course, none of them included women. And I just thought, oh, I feel like that's a hole that I need to fill. So I ran to the library and got my hands on everything I could about Ching Shi and started down that path and wrote her story and was lucky enough that the great National Geographic picked it up. And my editor there, Ariane Zutu, wisely suggested that we make this a collection of, a diverse collection of female pirates throughout the ages. And I loved that idea. And Pirate Queens was born. 
Wow. That is, I mean, that is so amazing. First off, that you kind of came upon it on that website, I mean, that, you know, the story of that woman, but 80,000 is versus 400. You're right. What a difference. And, you know, they talk about history versus herstory. You know, I, I'm yeah. so happy this is a story about herstory. So there are <laughs> six women that you, fo- that you focus on or that you highlight. So tell us how and why you selected these particular women pirates. Sure. Well, I think there were a few things that came into play. I think it was important to uh, both Ariane and I that we that we um, were representing not just the Anne Bonnies of the world, although Anne is included in this book. If there is a pirate, if there is a female pirate that most Americans have heard of, it is Anne Bonny. And her story is fascinating, um, and she comes from the golden age of piracy, which was like the 1650s to the 1720s, somewhere around there. And uh, her story is really interesting and in, in that she kind of represents what we might picture when we think of pirates. And so it was important to us that we got outside of that. And so we went all the way back to Artemisia of Caria. Uh, that was all the way back in 480 B.C., she was the first known female naval commander, and uh, she was the queen of a, a Greek city-state of Halicarnassus. And, uh, you know, she could have stayed back and been the queen and not gone to sea, but she really liked engaging in battle. And so she did. She took a ship. Um, and she led five ships, actually, and she went to uh, battle. The most famous battle that she was in was called the Battle of Salamis, and she ended up um, being trapped by uh, opposing ships, and so she rammed her ally and sunk her ally. And the king of Persia was sitting atop a literal throne on top of the hill, watching this take place in front of him. And he didn't understand that it was her ship that had done the ramming. And so though she actually attacked one of his ships to save her own life, because then, then those who were in pursuit of her thought she must be an ally of theirs and had left her alone. Uh, he and the king ended up praising her uh, because he didn't understand that she had betrayed him. And so, you know, that story from way back when, that we thought, yes, that makes it into the book. That seems really interesting. Yeah, um, for and then all sure. The way through, you know, all the way through, we just found pirates. We found uh, uh, Stella is a Norwegian pirate, and she was so incensed that her brother had become the king of Norway. She didn't get tapped to be queen because of gender. And she was so incensed by this that instead of just sticking within protocol and becoming a princess and being a figurehead and really not doing much, she took to the seas and became a ruthless pirate at sea. And, um, and so, you know, the stories are just fascinating. And one of the things that we thought was really interesting, I, you know, I pitched this to Ariane and she agreed, was that um, though there was a common thread that all of the women really were looking to kind of break out of some mold or some expectation of who they should be and what they should do. Uh, Each of their motivations was different. And that was really fascinating to me, this idea that pirates became pirates for all different reasons. Um, You know, for some of them it was revenge and for some it was greed and for some of them it was power. And for some it was just because they couldn't find anywhere else where they could engage in such vicious hand-to-hand battle, and that was really what they were looking for. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's Unbelievable. 
Lee, this is so great. And then also, I did want to let everybody know that, of course, it's, it's published by National Geographic, so you know this book is not only a great story, and you've got poetry in there, you're a poet as well, but it's beautifully illustrated, and it's just, it's a feast for the eyes as well as a feast for the pirate spirit. So uh, tell me a little bit about working, did you work with the illustrator? Because it's so amazing, that part too. So I, I think most people who aren't involved in this industry aren't aware of this, so I'll share it with you. Um, for illustrated books, the way it works is a writer writes a story, and then they sell it to an editor, a publisher, and then the publisher goes off on their own without input from the author to pick an illustrator who they think will best bring the story to life. And the author basically sits back and bites their nails and hopes for the best. And so, <laughs> and so uh, in this case, it was one of those. I, you know, Ariane and I, my editor and I, had talked at length about what we wanted the book to look like. And, you know, I, we were both just adamant that we wanted it to be dark and gritty and gorgeous and, and not be princessy and pink and, all, you know, light, light colors <laughs> and all of that. And um, and so when they came back with the, the 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 first images by Sarah Gomez Woolley, who's just this incredibly talented illustrator, I was just so delighted by how she had represented the the pirates and their stories. And um, and National Geographic played a huge part in that. I mean, they spared no expense in this book. They hired pirate experts to vet the book, um, and then they provided Sarah with a packet on each. They had the experts provide Sarah with a packet on each of the six pirates that included images of what would the clothing have looked like, what would the swords have looked like, how long would the sword handles have been, what, you know, what kind of ships would they have, have. And, and so they provided her kind of with this backing of research material, and Sarah's so meticulous that she got to work making sure that she really uh, made a proper historical representation and accurately a historically accurate representation of who these women were during the time in which they lived. And so it's just really a beautiful book. And every time I look at it, I find something new in the background or something. Oh, look at that detail. It's just so, <laughs> so I'm so, I'm so grateful. Oh, Lee, what exciting. I, I wish I could talk to you forever. I know you have other interviews you need to get to, so I can't. But before we have to leave, what, what are your hopes that, you're, that the, the girls that read this story and the boys, too, take away from some of the stories of these six amazing swashbuckling women? You know, I just really hope that next time somebody thinks of a pirate, they think of a woman and that they that there's – that it's not just the image of fierce Blackbeard or, or, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Hollywood version of it, but that they can actually envision that the most powerful pirate who ever lived was a Chinese woman who controlled 80,000 people. I mean, that's just a really incredible image to think that I could play a part in planting that in people's minds. Well, you planted it in my mind for sure. I just got goosebumps up my back from you saying that. Lee, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Well, and I appreciate Lee sharing her time, her create her wonderfully creative ideas and of course this amazing book with us and for all of you listeners out there especially you grannies please check out 
pirate queens, dauntless women who dared to rule the high seas. Your grandchildren are going to love you for it because it's lively, entertaining, and beautifully illustrated. So uh, until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams, a granny myself, and very happy to share pirate queens with my granddaughter at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying i catch you next time. Bye-bye.